Hello, I'm Adam Robertson, and you're listening to This Is Ibrox, the Rangers podcast. Hello and welcome to This Is Ibrox, the Rangers podcast. I'm Martin Douglas, and I'm delighted to be joined tonight for the first time in a while by the three amigos, Scott Patterson, Lily Boyd, and Thomas McIntyre. Gentlemen, how are you? Hi, Martin. Very well, thank you. Hi, Martin. Hi, Martin. Evening, gentlemen. Uh, I think it's less three amigos and more... See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil, uh, to be honest with you, uh, or speak no sense. But uh, yeah, delighted. Well, whether there's two or three, yeah, none of us speak sense anyway. So. <laughs> but listen, we're going to, before we start the podcast tonight, guys, Scott, there was some pretty sad news that came out for our former Rangers legend, Gary Stevens. Yeah, so the news came out uh, tail end of last week that his son, the youngest of three, Jack, um, has been diagnosed with a really quite severe um, diagnosis of leukemia. Very serious indeed for the family and a, a hugely um, difficult time uh, around the world as it is, but having to deal with this in addition um, is really, really sad. So his family are, as you'd expect, fully behind him. Um, his uh, his sister-in-law, I think, has, has set up a, a GoFundMe page um, and you can see that at www.gofundme forward slash the Stevens family. So they're aiming to, to raise uh, 100,000 uh, Australian dollars. So Gary Stevens is now a, a physiotherapist in Perth in Australia. Um, they're aiming to, to, to raise a huge amount of money. Uh, current target, um, as I say, is, is that large 100,000 amount. They're currently at 36,000, just over 36,500 actually. So they still do have a, a long way to go. Um, so I'd, I'd encourage the, the good Rangers support and indeed the Everton support who of course are, are right on top of this as well to jump onto that that page again. Again, it's www.gofundme forward slash the Stevens family. Um, so it, the, the, the poor wee guy has a, has a long journey ahead of him. Uh, a lot of difficult treatment. Um, they're currently waiting for a, a match for, for stem cell treatment as it stands just now, transplant rather as it stands just now. Um, but I think my wee fella is at a similar age, so it instantly struck a chord when I, when I, I heard it and, and indeed read about it. And I think Gary Stevens is someone we spoke about on the pod the last couple of weeks when we've been doing the MyGers, um sort of selection. He's, he's always been someone who's been, been there or thereabouts and... Um, I'm sure I speak on behalf of us all when I see he's settling our thoughts right now. Absolutely, and and Tommy, I've had a few family members, unfortunately, that have, that have um, had cancer, and it just shows it doesn't matter what age you're. It's if it's going to get you. It's yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a you know I don't know how much more I can add to to, to what Scott and yourself are saying there. Obviously, their heart goes out to to Gary Stevens and his family, and yeah, unfortunately, cancer is. <clears throat> it's a horrible disease. I think statistics are something like one in four or one in three people have somebody touched by it. I've certainly had it in my in my family as well. Uh, I'd be surprised if you know, we don't all know somebody. Yeah. So uh, I can only echo what Scott says: our, our you know thoughts and prayers with the family. And if you can give at what is a really difficult time for everybody, then, then please try and dig as, as as deeply as you can. I certainly will be doing so myself. And Scott as well. Uh, along with Gary Stevens, another Rangers legend um, who's recently come on the Instagram as well, George Alberts. Yeah, so it's a bit of a, a sombre start to the podcast, but George Alberts' wife. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you're absolutely right, it is. It's a bit 
um, it's a bit sombre, as you say. So I think everyone saw Alberts appear on Instagram and a blaze of glory at the start of the week, and everyone was was really, really excited. Um, it's been something that's been pushed for for a wee while. Um, huge icon with the Rangers support. Huge icon, massive icon. Um, and then, of course, he, he announced sort of via the Instagram forum, I think it was, it may have been Monday night, and he said that, um, sadly, his wife's cancer had returned. Um, I think she fought it really bravely and fought it off first time around. So if she's got um, the same sort of uh, kahunas as what her man has, then she'll be okay second time around. And well, uh, George Alberts is somebody you would have seen growing up as well, because I know that you're just a, a baby. A young one. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I've grew up watching him. He's a kind, big, strong, powerful midfielder. So hopefully he's... Kind of wife can battle through, you know, everything she's going through, and, and we can all see kind of two positive outcomes, you know, whenever they may be. Absolutely, and like, like Scott says, and I speak for everybody on the pod, I speak for every Rangers fan and every, every human being, our thoughts and, and prayers are with both Gary and George at, at this time. Absolutely. Um, but right, gents, we'll, we'll move on, um, and we're going to talk about something that, as I said these before I came on, I've researched thoroughly. Mm-hmm. So I know everything about it, and that's Rangers Reconstruction Plan B. Now, um, for anybody who's viewing the podcast, I'm not looking at notes because I've got it all up here. But before we come, before we come, actually, guys, I wanted to get your thoughts on Colts teams. And Wally, I'll come to you first. Um, I've always thought it's a great idea, and it works in other leagues as well. But so, so what's your opinion on having a, a coach team in the lower leagues? I think. Uh... Obviously, it'd be better for our development of our younger players. You know, I think it for well, Spain they do it with Real Madrid and I think Barcelona have their team. I think they might even have a third team, Barcelona, if I remember right, um, in the lower leagues. But I, I'm kind of, oh, I don't think it will happen. But I think it would be more beneficial for us. And then maybe you know you'll see that kind of they're able to transition, maybe playing against the the guys down at the, the lower leagues. Some of them who have played at the high levels and they've just dropped down your age, they want to keep playing, you know, they're battling away. Maybe our young players will, um, you know, develop better and then maybe we'll get some players come through our first team a wee bit, kind of, you know, better than they've been recently. Tommy, is, is there any negatives in having a Colts team? Oh, that's a really interesting, interesting question there, Martin. You've uh, you blindsided me with that one. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I'll do my best to, to, to think on the, on the, <clears throat> the hoof uh, and make things up as I go along, which I suppose, uh, okay, I'm playing the, the part of the SPFL then, making stuff up as we go along. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, suppose there is in terms of the usual problems that you have there, that how far can the coach team go? Can they gain promotion all the way through? No, they can't, obviously. So there is a ceiling to, to what they could do. But beyond that, and the costs involved with a, a coach team and, and all that type of thing, then then no. I mean, I think these players would be getting bloodied against, you know, real, you know, firstly part time players and then guys who are playing professionally in the lower leagues. That rough and goes of pressure, and that's before you add in cup runs. Uh, I think that's a, it's it's all a win. It's all a positive because we're always going on, and I think. Um, uh, last week we touched on this when we were doing the, the youth updates as well, uh, which was which was great, um, uh, and we look forward to, to having more of that in the future. Is that one of the <clears throat> the problems with development sometimes is 
for development leagues versus the reserve leagues and stuff like that is that there is a lack of uh, pressure put on these younger players where it's you know more about development and tactics and all that type of stuff. Yeah, but ultimately you you do need to cycle through and live through somebody coming through the back of you or the rough and tumble of a senior game and that level of gamesmanship and the pressure to win. So yeah, it's it's all positive to to my mind and fits in with what I think is the overriding plan with the the academy to get young players more games under their belt so they fit more seamlessly into the uh, the Rangers the Rangers first team. That's, I agree with that. And, and Scott, I'll, we'll come into the, the reconstruction plan in a wee bit more detail in a minute. But one part of it is, and by the way, I believe Celtic support this as well, so you never know, Willie, we, we might get it through. Um, <clears throat> but it's, Rangers and Celtic will have coach teams, and that opens up the door for other Premier League teams to have coach teams, but they'll be in the Highland and Lowland Leagues. So you'll have Rangers and Celtic coach teams in the Scottish Professional League, and you'll have Aberdeen, Dundee United and the Lowland Leagues. Is that fair? Um, I think, do you know, like it or not, Rangers or Celtic are going to bring the, they'll bring the crowds in. I think what they'll, they'll, they'll end up doing is they'll put some sort of rule in place to say that um, for every game that you play, you'll have to have maybe three first-team squad guys or first-team guys that are above the age of 25. So, for example, if you've got a player that's coming back from a, a long-term injury and he has to go and play at Dumbarton, for example, Dumbarton will be will be packed out to to see these guys. So instantly, it becomes a moneymaker for these teams. Um, I think it's a fantastic idea. I think it's it's very um, it's very twenty twenty, um, and we're kind of stuck way back in God knows what year we're still in um, with the amount of clubs we've got in the country and the format, the leagues, etc. We need to do something to revamp it and make it better. Um, I think it's a good idea and it's something that should be explored, to be perfectly honest. And Tommy, I'll just come back to you with this question. Um, there's a, if, you, if you look at this reconstruction plan all the way through it, there's 1.2 million going to come to all clubs um, over four years. The rule is with the coach team, if it's an away game, the rule is that Rangers and Celtic will have to, have to um, take 200 tickets and the money will be given in advance. So with this plan that Rangers are putting forward, they're kind of trying to safeguard Scottish football and improve Scottish football. There'll be a lot, I don't know if there'll be a lot, but there'll be a few Rangers fans that would ask why. Why are Rangers trying to help Scottish football and Scottish football, let's be brutally frank, guys, hasn't tried to help Rangers? Hard to, hard to disagree with that particular view and that, that's certainly the... <clears throat> the um, Sorry, I cough for a moment there because my voice seems to be getting lower and lower. I, um, I don't know if I've got a throat infection or um, suffering from the dreaded COVID-19. But <clears throat> I think the overriding uh, answer to that is we'll be playing Scottish football. Uh, thank you for saying that you've got a mask on there. I don't know if your hand actually works, though, uh, uh, Martin. I could make some joke about you've hand, uh, had your hand over people's mouths uh, in the past, but uh, let's, let's swiftly move on. Um, yeah, but I agree with you. The initial reaction is, well, hold on a minute. These other clubs and these other club chairmen and chairwomen didn't, you know, bat an eyelid when Rangers in trouble, quite enjoyed it by and large, didn't uh, majorly back the resolution looking for an independent review into the SPFL uh, handling of the recent vote. Uh, they have all had a little kick at Rangers in the past. Why the hell should we help them? Ultimately, though, 
we play in Scottish football, and so we we kind of need to to play the game here. Do I think that we should find our time and take every single club to account? Absolutely, I do. Uh, and I'm the type of person that bears a grudge, and I hope the club does as well. But for the good of the game and for the good of what we all want to see, which is Rangers playing and winning games and trophies, then we need to be in a league setup. And I think this is probably aimed more at where we do have actually some support, which is in the lower leagues, as opposed to your SPFL, which is a bit of a you know monopolised cabal, although essentially we guy at the top of the monopoly isn't whirling a cane with a moustache. Um, he's slightly slightly more rotund than that. And, uh, you know, instead of being black and white, he's green and white. But I don't know who that could possibly be. So in the lower leagues, though, we have a bit more support and there was some uh, anger about the way that the SPFL has ridden roughshod over them. And these taking 200 tickets, etc., are aimed at those small part-time clubs that are balancing our knife edge, even when things are good, never mind during a pandemic. So, ah, yeah, I can see the logic in it. And it, it, for the sake of a small amount of money, let's, let's be honest here, right, 200 tickets for every away game, it's not a lot for the club to pay out up front. It probably gets us a hell of a lot of, in the wider context, a hell of a lot of goodwill with those lower league clubs that do actually have votes as well when it comes to other things. That sounds like a strategic one to me. That's a good point. I, mean, I don't have a cross my mind because I'm not a devious person. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to infer from, uh, from that. For the, for the avoidance of doubt to people listening, I am an absolute <laughs> devious person. But just seeing that point, Martin, sorry. Um, I don't think we're really looking after Scottish football as such. I think we'll be looking after our own kind of setup and taking it to the next level because we've been doing the games. Remember, I can't remember the name they were calling it, but you know, we're playing the top teams across Europe. In uh, England and Britain, uh, best v best, I think it was. Ah, uh, best v uh, best, and uh, you know, I think it's going to help playing against maybe the similar quality to what they might come up against in the SPFL. Because uh, just remember as well, we, we got to I think it was the semi finals of the Challenge Cup, where a really young team, you know, and we've put out some good teams along the way. We even put out uh, well, Wrexham. You know, what I mean, I, I don't know how good they are, but they, they're a kind of sort of semi professional side. You know, and that young team done really. Do you not take anything, William, from what Tommy said over the regards of maybe trying to get a few of the lower league clubs on side? So when it comes to votes about maybe handing people titles, that we might get a bit of backup instead of most of Scottish football kind of bending the knee? No, absolutely. Huh? No, I agree with that. I was just saying, um, I think it's like the clubs try to play the line where we're looking after Scottish football, but in reality, it's the youth side. We're trying to just get them up against men, basically. Uh, it's probably worthwhile me saying there, I think both points are, are right, in all honesty. I should point out, when I was speaking about getting the, the you know goodwill of the lower clubs, uh, lower league clubs, etc., I was talking specifically about that, taking 200 tickets up front yeah. and paying mm -hmm. the money to the club up front. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're absolutely right as, as well, William, and it goes back to Martin's original question at the start of all this, which is, you know, is it the right thing to help develop our young players? I think it's all tied together. They're not, yeah. they're not the elements, it's all in the same package. Well, I, I think it's 200 tickets at £15 a ticket. I think that was the agreed fee. But again, I'm not going to quote where I've seen this information because I'm not going to give the rag the air that it deserves. So, um, But Scott, listen, I want to ask you a question, and I don't know if this is just going to open up a can of worms, and it's a slight tangent. Can Scottish football progress while it's still eating itself alive? Is Scottish football... Can it stop eating itself alive? Um, 
No, I don't think it can. I think it's something that's been going on for for years now since um, you look back at 2012 and they kind of they, they slit their own throats a little bit, which ties in with what you were speaking about earlier on. I don't think I think it'll continue to happen for as long as we don't we don't try and change things or, or try and adopt new policies. Um, we're not going to get anywhere. We're just going to continue to have the same the same problems. Um, they've not showered themselves in any glory at all the last couple of weeks. Um, and the more and more you read into it and hear about it, it just it, it stinks and stinks and stinks and stinks. Um, so no, it'll continue to it'll continue to happen um, until we try and change things up a little bit for the better. The reason that I asked that question, and Tommy, I'm going to bring this to you because this is about splits, and I know how much you love a good split in a league. Um, <laughs> but the way it'll <laughs> the way it will work is, uh, after 26 games, it will split to a top. The, the the plan will be to split it to a top six and a bottom eight, and then the top six will play each other twice, a bottom eight will play each other twice. Blah 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 blah. But in order for this to go through, just in order for this to go through, the top league has to vote 11 to one. Right now, I know it's crazy. So. There's, you're not telling me that a team that's going to finish in that bottom eight is going to go, but we're not going to get one. Well, we're going to miss two games against Rangers and Celtic. So, 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 Tommy, see, as long as the voting is the way it is within Scottish football, how can we expect anything to change? Great, great, great point and a great question, Martin. So, strap yourselves in because this is probably going to be a bit longer answer than okay. usual for me. And in uh, keeping with a football podcast, the first thing I'm going to speak about is Nietzsche and the uh, master slave relationship, right? So that cannibalistic nature that you talk about of, uh, of Scottish football right, is right at the heart of this, right, in that self-preservation. And the reason I say the master-slave Nietzsche point is, no matter how good an idea is, it can't, it can't get to where it needs to be and be agreed in a normal process. The only way that a good idea or any idea can get agreed in Scottish football is, uh, or access to the top table is via the back door, right, if somebody else is okay in it. And we all know this, right? That's the, the kind of um, the hidden governance route that nobody wants to talk about at this point in time. And if that, if you take the logical jumping off point of that to the what is quite clearly a rigged voting system, right? Which is this 11 to 1, right? Nonsense voting system, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, there's first past the post and there's democratic waiting voting and there's majority rule and all that. But 11 to 1 is just nonsense. Which then brings us back full, full cycle. I've actually done this quicker than I thought, to be honest with you, so I'm giving myself a pat in the back. Brings us back to the fact that Scottish football at its heart is less cannibalistic, than, like I said earlier, right? It's not actually cannibalistic. What it is, is it's self-preservationist. So we all whine and all clubs whine about, oh, well, you know, we need to invest in the game and we need to grassroots it up and we have to have a root and branch review. Somebody bring out the... Uh, Henry McLeish again, I've waxed lyrical about this again, I'm not going down that Henry McLeish route uh, one more time, right? But root and branch reviews, get everybody looking at this, right? Ultimately, Scotland is such a small parochial wee place that when push comes to shove, every club looks out for itself, right? And that leaves one or two, well, at least two big clubs, right, who have the power to draw people together and then get something through. And that is Celtic and Rangers. Right now, Celtic hold the governance whip hand because of the SPFL on a short leash. Right, simple as that. And so therefore, until there's a breakthrough in that, until there's a wider analysis of the voting system and whatever that looks like, 
and a real independent understanding of how decisions are made in Scottish football and a real desire for the clubs to be in a league setup that actually delivers for its members as opposed to shortchanges them and make sure it hands out silverware when it's told to, then we will still be having this conversation when my Grecian 2000 runs out and <laughs> the hair falls off as well, right? Because that is Scottish football in a nutshell. It is a cannibalistic, self-preservationist, little backwater in the terms of world football that unfortunately happens to house the world's most successful club. And so it is our remit and the club's remit to do the best that it can. And we just hope more and more people get onto that train with us because ultimately it's the only way that Scottish football can, one, survive, two, thrive, and three, move forward into the future where the potential for disparity in income to other leagues continues to grow unless we do something about it. Heed the warning, do something about the voting system. There we go. That's And I even managed to rein myself in there. I didn't get as annoyed as I thought I was going to. But, but there we are. There's a quick answer. So, so on that positive note... Um, Willie, do you think this this uh, reconstruction plan will pass? Uh, no, I don't. No, no, what, not, not, I, after, not after Tommy's glowing report. Well, well, I'm fully behind it and I think it'll pass. Is, is that not what I said? Is that, is that, did I not say that? I, I like the idea, but it's just whether we can sell it to these clubs. I was reading you know, a wee bit about it as well earlier on, and, and some of the chairmen of the clubs weren't really in favour of it. So... I think it's maybe on a, a kind of knife edge to see the way it's going to go. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it would be really beneficial for us as a club where you've said coming through into the, into the leagues playing against men. Um, it'd really be beneficial, I think, in the long run. And of course, I'd, I'd, I'd just seen something really quickly on it. I think it was in France where there was a court case about relegations and promotions. And I believe I read somewhere that at this does, if this doesn't go through, or whether it goes through, I don't know, that uh, Anne Budge, Chairman of Hearts, will be taking legal advice, Scott. So if this reconstruction plan doesn't go through, there might be even more upheaval for Scottish football. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure I speak on behalf of us all when it's good to hear from Anne Budge again over this whole sorry incident. Um, she's been the one that sort of said loads, said loads, said loads, but achieved absolutely hee-haw. And at the moment, it looks like a team are, are spiralling downways, unless 11 folks say otherwise, certainly. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, you, you can understand her position. She, she's watching it very closely. We understand the, the situation in France. Um, and as Tommy rightly says, she's looking after Hearts' interests and Hearts' interests alone. So if there's, if there's scope for her to, to take things a little bit further, you can bet your bottom dollar she's going to do it. I don't think, Tommy, there'll be too many people feeling too sorry for Anne Budge right about now. No, uh, quite quite frankly. Um, but best of luck to her, right? And I'm sure she's her intentions were laudable. But she quite clearly had the wool pulled over her eyes by the SPF bear, whether that was consciously or subconsciously. Right? Sometimes people allow themselves to be fooled. Uh, then, you know, Harold Mendel, uh, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, that's not to say that you know, I don't have any particular affection or disaffection for our hearts, right? They're not Rangers, so I really don't care. I don't care about any other club, right? But ultimately, they're part of that voting pack. I should say in their defence, the backed Rangers' first resolution looks like they're backing the second resolution, but it is coming from a place of, you know, they don't want hearts relegated, or actually, they don't want hearts relegated, but they will accept a check if it balances out, right? So that's, that's what it is. I should just say, whilst it's still in my mind, back to my earlier point, something I forgot to mention, there's also a relationship 
kind of sadomasochist relationship in Scottish football, right? It probably applies to Rangers and Celtic. That every club out with of us two, the old form, hates us to some degree, right? But can't live without us because we are the big money earners and engines in Scottish football. And so there is still always that, um, you know, I love them, but I hate them. But I love them, but I need them type type of scenario in every every club, right? But I'm not going to wax lyrical about that either. But I just to go back to your earlier point, sorry, uh, Martin, to have you an answer to your question, I'll try and do that for the rest of the rest of the podcast. Yeah, I think she lost a lot of the kudos that she had rocked up with in her early days because she looked like she was going to be a very good chairperson, chairwoman, whatever the the, the terminology is. But it's all fallen apart a little bit, and now she's casting a bit in the wind, and it. I don't know if you guys would be good to get your, your three opinions, but it just looks to me as if the SPFL just kind of dangle on her. Ah, oh, we'll listen to all your thoughts and all that. that. That's brilliant. Guess who's on the phone again? It's Anne Budge. Put it on speakerphone so we can all laugh her. Yeah. It, it has that feeling about it. I, I sense that the buffers are coming up pretty quickly for her. They'll probably just send her Peter's number. Um, <laughs> um, you just got a big P appears in the sky like yes. that. No, coming out of the SPFL headquarters. Um, we need a decision made. We don't know we have tea or coffee. Ask Peter. Um, <laughs> I, I, sense that, uh, I, I sense that she's in real. It'd be interesting to know what the heart support think about her. Well, you, you did say that she supported the first resolution, but she went a wee bit quiet towards the end there, didn't she? So, but what will be, will be. So we'll move on for that, gents, and we're going to come to the My Gels section of the podcast. Oh. Um, before we come to the My Gels, I will say for all the listeners and viewers watching, the teams that we've picked, that, and go back to the previous podcasts, get in the comments and tell us what you think of the teams. The podcast is now on YouTube and Facebook, so you can leave your comments in there and give us a rating of what you think of the teams. We're going to do everything on Twitter with all the teams, but that's for further down the line. Um, so, Tommy, I believe this is where you take over. Yes, and uh, welcome to This Is Ibrooks, the step up. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, be, <laughs> I'll be hosting. The big man's petrified. So, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, look, looking forward to that. And as Martin's already alluded to, we've run through some of these. We've had Scott's B team, we've had William's uh, fantasy fast team, and we've had my nine out, of, nine out of ten team as well. And so if you are going <laughs> on Twitter, remember Tommy and just equate that with nine out of ten, please. And uh, I look forward to your, to your votes cast for me. So Martin. Uh, keeping with the French theme of your last question, Martin Neil Poin, uh, <laughs> Douglas, your, your specialist subject is my jails. And uh, let's uh, let's begin. So if you can please give me the time period that we're talking about, and uh, again to to watchers, uh, particularly on you know the the video platforms, don't adjust your set. That is Martin's new <laughs> thing, and uh, we will definitely tie up the date that he's talking about. Martin, when are we talking about? Nineteen ninety six. Onwards. I very much doubt that. I think we need to go to the judge's adjudication. <laughs> Scott, does that sound reasonable to you? Well, he, he said that off air to me earlier on, and I was absolutely gabberslasted. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, well, How would that have been three? <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> worse. <laughs> and, and it was no way, shape, or form my question. So, <laughs> um, what do yeah. you think? Do you think Martin's 96? Does that sound right to you? Mm. 
Nah. I was I was born in 1989. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. Okay, I think uh, forget voting on forget voting on uh, on Twitter, listeners about the teams. Have a look at Martin's Fizzog. <laughs> And uh, and then get back on Twitter and uh, and give us some give us some what you think of this this age is appropriate. Okay, Martin, we're gonna take you and uh, we're gonna say, did you say ninety six there? You did, didn't you? Ninety six. Okay, nineteen ninety six. <clears throat> I think what Oasis, Stone Roses, Bootcut Jeans, um, Bewitched, know, Ash, Bewitched, Sailor Yes, Bees, yes, um, Bewitched. I loved Bewitched. I, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure you did. Um, I'm sure you were running about uh, singing Show Me Yours and I'll Show You Mine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yes, you can put your tag in that I knew a line from a bit. <laughs> yes, there you go. It's not all philosophy. So, okay, goalkeeper. Oh, actually, let me take that back for a second, actually. 96, tell me the formation of playing. 4 3 3. Okay. okay. And it's a 4 3 3 with. A defensive midfielder and two wide up top. Right, okay, so one through the middle and then and two wide up top. Okay, so let's uh, let's start how we meant to go on. Um, start with your keeper. The only goalkeeper you can pick, Scott, Andy Gorham. He's oh. the only goalkeeper. Can I just actually say, that? and I say to Tommy earlier on, there's a slight loophole in this, and that some of the players I've picked, I've only seen them for maybe a season. And it maybe wasn't them at their greatest, but I seen them, so it counts. Well, I look forward to Dan Egan uh, <laughs> and Diego Washington uh, appearing, appearing in your lineup. God knows why you'd have chosen them, but okay. <laughs> um, well, Andy Gorham, Scott, uh, are you actually? Let's leave Scott for a second because he's still choking on some of that McGregor humble pie, um, and go straight to William. William. <laughs> Uh, well, I watching back videos and stuff. Can I obviously my memories with that? I don't even know how many memories back then. To be honest with football, but I he's, he's a a good goalkeeper. Eh? A good goalkeeper. Well, well, I was surprised when Scott went for Al McGregor because I was thought and listening to everybody else. If you if match the mark, Gorham's your your top boy. Yes. Yeah, proving that uh, that even Scott can get it wrong. <laughs> uh, you never, you have a chance here, Scott. If you, if you want to, if you want to apologise to to Andy Gorham and uh, the listeners, then we will, we will accept it. No, I'm quite happy with the decision. Thanks. Next. <laughs> sorry, sorry, we couldn't hear your signal cut out. Going straight to Martin <laughs> um, on that one. So we've we've got Andy Gorham right, the number one goalkeeper. I think we could we would all get behind there. You get four in front of him. Is it a standard but flat yes. back four to yes. well two two okay. wing backs? Okay, so where do you want to start? Do you want to go left? <clears throat> do you want to go right? Well, I think we all know who my left back is. I don't think uh, that's any surprise to anybody. Moment, uh, no. <laughs> right now, I had a wee bit of problem with my defence, right? Because I've got David Robertson at left back. I was struggling for a right back, so I had to settle for Alan Hutton. Right, I've got Richard Goff at centre back. And the person I've got beside him, now I don't know if this is going to be contentious or not, I had loads to pick from. He wasn't here for a very long time. He left under kind of dodgy circumstances, but when I seen him play, he was phenomenal. And that is Jean-Alain Boomsong. Ooh, yeah, do you know, not a bad, not a bad, not a bad show. Um, I'll let the guys digest that whilst I say 
I was being challenging about Sean Allen Boomsong, it would be mm, his career kind of went absolutely down the way. I mean, I know he went to UV, but that was the UV that was relegated to Serie B, and I would say maybe got some tougher questions about his actual ability. I think he ended up back at Auxerre. I might be wrong, but uh, I was classy as hell in Scotland oh, for that for that period. Classy. What was the eight million we, we sold him in Newcastle mm-hmm. for? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that right? And it's just when, when you watched them play, it was effortless. It was totally, totally effortless. I thought he's one of the best defenders I've seen live. I was a top, top player. Um, William, what do you think? I, I like Boomsong. I missed the other centre back though. Who was that? Was it Richard Goff? Goff, I, I thought that. I thought that was what you said, but I just wanted to double check. And Goff's the captain, by the way. Yeah, you gave us too many players there, Martin. You need to tease it out. <laughs> bio and some stats and all that. Make it. Oh, no. uh, so okay, I'll go to the I'll go to the guys then, right? Um, and feel free to pull out any individual players that you think on that kind of back five, if you like. But overridingly as well, I'll start with Scott. I'll come back to you in a second, William. I'll start with Scott. That back four, sorry, that back five, anybody in particular you want to call out, but also marks out a 10? Uh, I think overall, I would say that's quite a strong back line. I would say 8 out of 10. I think that's a really good sort of defence. Um, Hutton, I mean, Martin was smart enough to say that he's playing my wing back, so Hutton is, is going to be a natural choice for that, I think, for, for as long as we've seen, for someone to bomb forward. Um, Robertson, we've done to death. We, there was never any debate that um, Martin was going to pick David Robertson, maybe in goals. Um, <laughs> he was definitely going to play. Goff, you can't not include Goff. I had him in my team, and I think we've, we've all had him in there or thereabouts. Boomsong, I think, is a really good shout. I remember watching him and thinking, wow, we've got a real jewel in the crown here. He was an excellent, excellent, easy on eye defender. Um, really impressive. Technically excellent. Um, and uh, we'd, we'd done okay as far as the deal for him was concerned, because you rightly say, Tommy, when it went to Newcastle, it kind of went tits up a bit for him. Mm-hmm. Aye, which is probably why he wouldn't have made it into my team, but uh, can't, can't argue with that, that back five. Really good picks, really good picks, Martin, apart from maybe your, your left back. <laughs> um, William, what will be yourself uh, in terms of out of 10 for that back five? Um, I'd probably be about the same as Scott there, about an eight maybe, eh? Yeah. So a couple of players I've no really seen, to be fair, but I, the, the players I have seen, I, I like them. I like Boomsong as well. I thought he was really good, nice and com- composed in the ball and stuff. So, good, good kind of can pass out of the ball as well, which was something at the time we never really had, a, if I memory serves me right. And just while we were talking about him, did he, was he not training to be a doctor or something as well? I'm sure I remember reading sure. that at the time. I am sure he was, yeah. I might be completely wrong, but. First, I've heard that one, but uh, uh, yeah, I'd best of him if he was. Uh, if I was jumping off on that just for a second to go on a tangent, um, it's really good being the host. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> um, uh, you just remind me, I don't know about your know, boom song and all that, but it was only a, you know, a wee while ago, a couple of months ago, that I found out that you remember Shaka Hislop mm-hmm. that used to be in goal for Newcastle? Yep. When he retired, he went and worked for NASA. Mm-hmm. And not like NASA as a granny or something like that, as a bona fide rocket scientist. Really, aye? Ah, mm-hmm. yeah, Shaka has looked. You know, that's what he went to. Along, alongside his work with ESPN. But, but go on, you're, you're midfield, Tommy. Oh, sorry, that's your job. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> be quiet. Uh, 
the point of the host is to stitch it all together naturally, not yes. just uh, not just jump from one topic to the other. Uh, yes. So Scott William, three out of ten for Martin's back five. <laughs> Martin, give me the uh, give me the good news on the midfield. Right, the midfielder, like I say, I'm playing a defensive midfielder and two, maybe a, 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 bo- a box-to-box and a playmaker in front. So my defensive midfielder, Stuart McCall, um, one of the best defensive midfielders, again, that I've seen. It. He was just so consistent. What a phenomenal player. In front of him, Barry Ferguson. Again, you guys have spoken about it before. You have to pick Barry. And beside Barry, I had to put Gaza. You've got to put Gaza beside Barry. I think that midfield three, I think with, with Gaza's industrial going forward, Barry's just kind of sitting there and McCall behind him. I think that's a pretty pretty good midfield three. William? Uh, I must admit, I missed that because I was looking at Boomsong to see if he was a doctor <laughs> or not. <laughs> I'll, I'll skip over to Scott then whilst William catches, catches us up here. Uh, Tone a caravan as the, as the balls are. <laughs> the, 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 the dogs are barking though. Right, that's it. Well, let's move on then. Um, so, to, to Scott, three man midfield with, uh, with those two wing backs pushing up, obviously. McCall in front of your back four, who almost made any mine which is a fair shout. Gaza, Ferguson, what's your thoughts? Yep, yeah, uh, I think it's a, a really decent midfield, to be honest with you. A really decent midfield. As Martin's right, you can't not have Ferguson. He's, he's our most um, successful captain in recent times. Like it or not, he has to be in there. Gaza was the mercurial talent that I think we all sort of wanted him to be and we all look back with so much fondness on. You could not include him. Um and, and Stuart McCall was just Mr. Reliable. I think you, every time you see him, you always got more than 100% out of him. Um, so I, I think that's a really good midfield, Martin. Well, William, uh, are, you, are you with us? Have you, have you caught up? I'm back in the room. I'm back in the room. Aye, that's good. I've, aye, uh, uh, Ferguson, you can't leave him out as far as I'm concerned. You know, he's probably one of the best players that's came through in, in my time anyway. Uh, looking at the club and uh, Gaza, yeah, looking back in videos and stuff. Aye, super player, you know, scoring the goals that you were talking about a couple of weeks back as well. Um, and McCall, you know, nice kind of player to have in front of your back line. I think we can all agree a, de- a decent midfield uh, there, to be honest with you. I think it's a man light, but that's, that's, uh, that's neither here nor there, I suppose, because um, I'm not picking the team. <laughs> So I won't ask. I won't ask the guys for marks out of ten on the midfield, right? Because I think what we should do is we should probably roll it up and get you an end figure here, Martin, um, because you get that look of uh, a naughty boy outside the headmaster's office at the moment. <laughs> so let's cut to the chase. So if I remember correctly, at the start you were saying one in the centre, two out wide. Yes. A bit like my, a bit like my own team. So uh, you play however you want. Do you want to go for the white guys first? I'll go for the, the, the white guys first because the centre forward I still haven't made my mind up on yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. On the right, Lowdrop. Yep. Goes without saying. Don't need yep. to say much more. Probably one of the greatest players we've ever had. And on the left, I love George Alberts. He was my hero along with It was Alberts, Robertson and Gorham. That was the three players that I loved. But so I can't pick them. But I can't, but I can't, I cannot pick him because I have to pick the player who I feel 
in that position was probably the best I've seen at Ibrox, and that's Neil McCann. He was just so good. It's ridiculous how good he was. Forget his background. He's just a phenomenal player. So loud drop. McCann. You went through the black, he could have fitted them both in like some of no, his managers didn't put. No, no, because I didn't chicken out. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Robertson and Newman debate, I, I, I settled. You know, I didn't chicken out. I couldn't uh, pick Newman because Newman was my assistant manager. No, so, you never <laughs> said that. You never, you never said that. Was that. Um, now, so, Lauder, who's in the middle? Right, well, I tell you the two that I'm struggling to pick between. Of course, yeah. Ali McCoist and Mark Haley. I'm really struggling. And I think initially I had Haley and I had left McCoist out. And I think that's because I've got slight bad memories from his managerial time. I think yep. that's clouding my judgment. But I'm going to go for Actually, me. Martin, can I just stop you for a second? Can mm-hmm. I just stop you there? Scott, William, you both have access to the This Is Ibrooks uh, WhatsApp group. Can you <laughs> quickly just text that group? Telling me who you think Martin's going to choose. Oh, I heard them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> did, did they see it? I, I, said, I said McCoist. I'm going to say, I, I'm I gonna say the right to, answer. <laughs> I, I, I have to, I, you, you, when you, you've got to go McCoist. McCoist, greatest ever goal scorer. I think when you've got guys in Fergie in that midfield with Loudrop McCann outside, you've got McCoist in that box. Hately as well, but Hately was phenomenal. He was strong. He was fast, he could finish, he could head, he could do everything as well. But you have to pick McCoist. Hard to, hard to disagree with that, that rationalisation, to be honest with you. And surprising that Haley never managed to get more England caps, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'll go to William then for a, for a, a snapshot on that one. Were you listening Absolutely. there, William? I was listening this time, I, uh, <laughs> I found out what I needed to find out. <laughs> William just, just texted the, uh, the WhatsApp group that I was talking about. Saying, <laughs> I was going to say I text Haley. Aye, <laughs> 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 um, you know, I think Loudrop's absolutely idolised by, by the Rangers support, you know, he's a cracking player. Neil McCann, always, the memories I have of him are quite kind of, you know, I, I remember him playing. Um, I always remember him, like, I think it was like maybe once or twice it happened, they took the corners. And they went in the back of the net from the corners. It was the first player I've ever seen do that. Um, and McCoy style, you can't argue. Can't argue with that. I don't think his, his goal record's phenomenal. Just on McCann quickly, Tommy. <laughs> See, as a left winger with the uh, the agility, the quickness, the crossing, the finishing, could you name a better left winger Rangers have had? Well, I think it's a, a really interesting uh, question, Martin, and. Uh, Bothered if I've got a natural answer for you. <laughs> uh, listen, all great players, and I think maybe it comes back to that that time period of when you watched them. You know, Cooper in full flight, incredible. You know, guys like Rijkaard still remembering it and waxing lyrical. Mark Walters broke down defences the way he broke down uh, stigma and racism as well. Coming up here, um, you know, a strong character both on and off the field for that type of thing. Uh, and both, you know, absolute legends of the, the team. For me, though, Neil McCann, he's in my he's in my, my jails team. Uh, I just get an affinity with the guy. I love him on and off the pitch. Love how he speaks about the club. That's not taking away anything from Cooper or, or Walters, who you know, would be in everybody's team if, you know, if they wanted, they know they would argue with it. But for me, 
it will always be Neil McCann. I think he's dynamite uh, going through the gears. His crossing was incredible. And I suppose if I was trying to come up with a kind of rationalisation of maybe company something, is the wider argument who who was dealing with the lesser quality on the end of those crosses? And I'd maybe make the argument that Neil McCann was dealing with the less quality into the box than, you know, in terms of who was on the end of it, than a guy like Walters um, or Cooper, maybe. I, th- I think I think with Cooper as well. Cooper wasn't. I mean, I, I didn't. I wasn't old enough to see Cooper. I know. I know Scott was you were about fifteen year older than Cooper at the time when Cooper was playing. Um, but <laughs> Co- 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 Cooper, Cooper wasn't an out and out left winger. He didn't have that pace. Cooper was probably one of the greatest players Rangers have ever had. But you wouldn't you wouldn't keep him in one position. Whereas I think more so, more so with Walters, that's a better comparison. I think with McCann, that out and out kind of left winger. But yeah, for me, Neil McCann was just one of the most phenomenal players that I've ever seen in person. Yep, agreed. Yeah, William, what do you think as well? Absolutely, I, I like Neil McCann, as I said. My, my, my early memories was, um, you know, Neil McCann swinging in corners with corners and them going in the back of the net, to be honest. It was, it was incredible. First player I've ever seen do that, as I said earlier. Um, and... When I was picking my own team, I found it really hard trying to find a right and left winger that was good, <laughs> if I'm <laughs> honest. If I'm honest, you know. Um, I don't remember many. I mean, Walter Smith used to play Davis outright when I was kind of, you know, in the youth of cut run and stuff like that as well. So I, I don't think I've ever been blessed with seeing good wingers, to be honest. There's one I'll do. I'll do a quick... A quick run through the theory. So start with Scott because he's in the top left-hand corner of my my screen here. Right, yep. it's Russian roulette time. You can pick anybody in the prime. It's McCann, Walters, or Cooper. Oh, Who are you picking? Cooper. Okay, no rationalisation. Straight into Martin. Who Cooper. you picking? William. I think it'd be Cooper as well. Okay, one of the uh, the benefits is Martin has also waxed lyrical about in the past is being the host, you don't <laughs> have to make the job design. Uh, uh-huh. so, uh, <laughs> best of luck to try an answer at me on that uh, on camera. So I suppose then we should, uh, you know, we understand the team. It's a good setup. I think you'd said, Martin, as well earlier that Richard Goff is the captain. Fully, fully understandable. I think I chose him as my captain for my own team. So... We'll, we'll cycle through it again here, and uh, I've just realised that while we were talking about it, I have not written it down because I've been <laughs> my pen uh, all the way. So I'm going to do this off the top of my head. We are go- going through uh, goalkeeper of Andy Gorham, right back or right wing back Alan Hutton, left wing back David Robertson. In the centre, you've got Richard Goff, captain, and alongside them, John Allen Boomsong. Just in front of that back four, you've got Stuart McCall, and then in front of him, in that central midfield position, you've got Paul Gascoigne and you've got Barry Ferguson. Up top, wide right, you've got Brian Loudrop. Wide left, you've got Neil McCann. And through the centre, you've got Ali McCoyst. Is that right, Martin? Yes, correct. There we go. I've managed to get something right this evening. <laughs> and so I should then go, and who do I go? Do I go Scott? Do I go William? Do I go Scott? Do I go William? I'll go to William because his, uh, his jumper is drawing the eye. 
<laughs> this is not purple for anybody watching. Same excuse again. Cameras away, well, I think. Well, everybody watching, let me tell you, it's not purple. It is a deep pink. Um, <laughs> you've all seen it, and uh, it definitely is pink. Marks out of ten, William. Um, well, I think it's quite a quite a solid side, if I'm honest. So I'm going to say eight. An eight out of ten. That's harsh. You know what, that's, that's I was I was debate. I was. Do you know what? We've done it Final before. So. Thanks very much, William. Final <laughs> results. No, sorry, William. On you go. I was going. Uh, I was. I, I, I was debating. So I think I'll, I'll get because I've just remembered we've done it before. So I'm going to get an eight point five. To be honest. Eight point five. Wow. Uh, uh, okay, so I'll go to I'll go to Scott then. I'm raging because I can't not give it a nine. Oh. Genuinely, Ooh, it's, it's, a, it's a it's a really really good eleven. It's a really good eleven. Um, similar to yourself, you spoke Tommy last week um, when you done your team about having almost leaders straight through the spine of the team. Um, when you look at the the Rangers team that Martin's seen, um, he's got three of the main leaders from those eras in Goff, Ferguson, and McCoyst. Um, everything else that goes on around that is 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 really good for me. I think it's a great selection. I feel I should uh, I should uh, <laughs> nail my calls to the mast as well. I'm going to give it the highest rating that I've given anybody here, which is an eight. Uh, which is a which is a compliment, Martin. <laughs> I would say the reason I'm, the reason that I can't give it the nine or or even the the ten is I think the midfield's light and. I can't get behind Alan Hutton or David Robertson being in the uh, uh, in those wing back positions. It would have to be Newman, and I'm not entirely sold on John Allen Boomsong being so, being in. There. See if you were picking a right wing back, who would you pick if you wouldn't pick Alan Hutton? Well, I wouldn't pick a, a right wing back, but it's a it's a fair a fair question. I'd be tempted to go for somebody like because I could I think he could easily play in that forward place like uh, Sergio Perini. I was thinking Perini. Yeah, I was thinking Perini. Fair point. Um, my, my rationale for that, sorry, Martin. My rationale, and you know, you happily cha- challenge me on that, but my rationale would be, I think Perini was tougher in yes. the defensive mode than Alan Hutton was, and so yeah. I would give up the odd decent cross, a bad cross, to know that my right back was locking the door shut, and I think Perini was better at that. The reason I didn't pick Perini and I wanted to keep this true was, like I said, it was nineteen ninety six. But like I says to Scott, the first game I remember is the one nil at Parkhead with a loud drop and Durant. I don't really, and then Perini came in. I don't really remember Perini playing because there was a period, a time where I didn't get to watch Rangers very much. So when Perini was playing, I never really got to see him. That's the only reason, or I would have just picked him to have. Because I'm not a big fan of Alan Hutton, but I couldn't think of anybody I'll, else. I'll to tell not being mentioned, sorry, William, I was just going to say, I'll tell you, oh, not being mentioned, and I, I don't know if he would make the grade or not, right? But nobody has touched on Stephen Whitaker. I, I can't. I, I joked. Because, I joked. I no, Stephen Whitaker was a really good right back for us, but I just I couldn't pick him. Wasn't he just right back, though? He played for I us. I played everywhere. Left back as well, everywhere. but I, that's the reason I didn't go anywhere near him, to be honest. <laughs> And the same with Aismith. He was one that I was thinking about putting him in one of the kind of left nah. or right wing goals. Nah. I, thought, I thought he linked up really well. Do you know what I mean? Some of the goals he scored for us as well. Like, for me growing up, they were 
Stephen Naismith doesn't deserve a mention on this podcast. <laughs> I've mentioned two of the two of the blacklist. So a Whitaker, but Whitaker you can understand. Naismith you can't understand. So he doesn't deserve like a mention. As well, in terms of points, that puts you just behind me, Martin, as the second highest scorer uh, on the on the podcast. So so well done. You uh, you finished you finished second. And, right. Uh, what I will say as well. Delighted to pass the hosting baton back on to you uh, at this point in time. That was horrific, and I'm not, <laughs> not doing that again. Right, well, just before we leave the majors, for anybody, like I say, listening or viewing, get yourself over to YouTube, get in the comments, and get me a nine so that I can be level with Tommy. So, um, and, and also, actually, what I would say to people watching and listening is, See if you want to email us in your team. Email it to martin at thisisivox.co.uk. Uh, email the year you've seen them, the first year you've seen them, and email your team along with your name. And if we get enough, we'll do a wee segment on it in a, in a future podcast and we'll discuss the, discuss the players. But right, gents, let's move on because we're running out of time. But notice how my majors didn't take half as long as Tommy's. Just saying, just saying. Um, because it wasn't half as good. <laughs> no, no, it was, it, was just, it was better. It was better. Uh, listen, if you're going to hit the king, you better kill the king. Hey, uh, son. Hey. Uh, you're, a, you're a horrible, horrible man. <laughs> right, gents, let's finish up on some transfer rumours and some transfer news. Scott, we have signed a boy for Leicester, Calvin Bassey. Yep. Tell us everything about him. So he, he looks like a, a big, strong, strapping fellow. Uh, I think he's one of these guys, he, he reminds me a little bit of, as far as his positional place, when Papach arrived, everyone said that Papach was going to be a centre-half, but he could also play left-back. I think Bassey is is of a similar ilk to that, um, although I think predominantly he'll be, he'll be in, in for a, a backup to, to Barisic, um, and I think you'll see him back and forward. Everything I, I've sort of read about him suggests that he's quite a... a energetic guy, likes to get him down the pitch um, but he's also a decent defender he's, he's quite handy in the defensive side of the game as well so he's, he's certainly one for the future I think in the first instance but one we should be really pleased that we've got over the line he was he was um, linked to a move to Leverkusen I think it was, I think they were after him um, as well and West Ham wanted to get his autograph too but um, he's chose to come up the road and um, here's hoping it's a, it's a good move for all I don't know, I believe he knocked back Real Madrid um that was a for, for anybody listening. Yeah, I think it's pronounced Bassey and not uh, Connorman, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm glad you got the joke there. I'm glad you got the joke. But just taking through what Scott said there then, William, is it backup to Barisic or could this be bye bye Barisic? Um, no, I think it's backup to Barisic, to be honest. We're a bit light in the left back uh, positioning, and it looks like this boy's going to come in there. I think he was talking about wanting to play uh, first team football. I don't think he's going to get that here initially. Maybe in, in the future, maybe get a couple of cup games and whatnot. But I think he's going to play second for the test. De- definitely not in Tommy for cover for centre back because unless the rumours are true about Connor Goldson, we don't need anybody for centre back. No, we don't. Uh, I think Ross Wilson had mentioned in his comments, though, uh, if I remember correctly, that he can. You know, Ross Wilson was saying he's got an ability to play as a, a fullback and a centre back, but the majority of the comments seem to be he's a modern day fullback. You know, he's left footed. Everything looks to be he's going to be back up to to Barisic. I don't think he's a starter either, unless he you know massively performs in pre-season. Uh, so I think I'm right in thinking that the only other left-footed centre back at the club is Hellander. Right. 
So uh, he sits in that mode of if something happens to Haaland that he can drop in, or if you want that balance, or Barisic gets one of his gets one of his injuries or whatever, he can go in there. But I, I don't think he's a I don't think he's a starter either. Um, I think it's worth pointing out as well. I mean, if if you think about it, if we hadn't signed Bassey and Barisic breaks down in pre-season with a broken leg, who's playing left back? Exactly. You've got, you've let Andy Halliday go. John Flanagan is went as well. So it'd yep. have to be a youngster stepping up, which was no bad thing. This boy is a youngster. He's only he's only twenty. Yep. So he's very much in that mode. It's just that we've not developed him, uh, and I think it would turn on thirty grand or whatever yep. cross border fee. Uh, the boys the boys got all the uh, the chance of being a really good acquisition for us in terms of getting a, I think it's a four-year deal. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's real prime stuff. It might be, I think he qualifies for England, but he also qualifies for Nigeria. So you never know if he might do a, a Joe Aribo and get that that first Nigerian cap, which adds more value on him as well. Um, so yeah, the only thing that's missing from this story is it it wasn't um, Lee Bowyer. Uh, in the paper <laughs> scene. It was a terrible place for him to go and all that. Um, but we might touch on him in a wee while. Um, just just quickly, I know, I've only seen pictures of him, I must admit, but he looks like a man mountain, right? Um, but the, the one thing, Scott, was this came out of nowhere. And by nowhere, I mean, not just your mainstream media, but your fan media. Nobody that I know was aware of this transfer, which is which just shows you how good uh, the, the, the back room is at Rangers at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it came... How tight it is. Yeah, I mean, it came literally out of the blue, I think. Um, a, a couple of things you read was that... Um, Gerard was interested in getting him last year, apparently, um, but it, it never came off for whatever reason. Um, so I think Gerard had added him or had suggested to Wilson that he wanted him high on the list to to try and secure for this season, particularly the lad's contract running out. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it's it's refreshing for transfer news to break from the club without a whisper, a peep from anyone. Indeed, whether it's fan media or any of the 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 MSM up here, um, so yeah, it's uh, it's good to get him in, get him over the line, and um, it'll be good to see him in a blue jersey, certainly. And to- uh, not Tommy, I've spoke to Tommy enough. Well, <laughs> is that you? You're actually speaking on behalf of all the listeners. There. Well, you know, I, I go to bed at night and I just lie there and say, Tommy, oh, stop, stop breaking um, my house then. <laughs> I can't. It's too big. Um, well, you so. Uh, we're also linked to a young boy for Liverpool, shock horror, uh, Ryan Brewster. Um, I must admit, I don't know anything about him, but by all accounts, he's a really up-and-coming, um, highly thought-of youngster at Liverpool. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's only just turned 20. Um, I think he's kind of, you know, I think, I think they're hoping he's going to come through the system and, and play for Liverpool's first team eventually. He's, he's already won the World Cup uh, in 2017 uh, for England. He's also a top goal scorer at the tournament. So he's, he's coming with a lot of quality and more recently he started playing, you know, for Swansea, I think it was last season. Um, I think his, his goals are quite quite good. I think he's only played 11 games for Swansea and scored uh, four goals. Um, it was similar when he was playing the, the Premier League too, which is like the reserve league uh, down south. He's played seven games, scored four goals, so that the boy knows where the back of the net is. And I don't think he's... Maybe good enough to come in and, and lead the line himself if Morelos goes, but he's definitely, you know, he's not going to lower the quality in the squad, put it that way. Just a quick side note when you're checking notes and stats, try not headbutt the camera. Um, I'm just getting excited here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Right, so Tommy, you're up to date, you do your research. Tell us everything we need to know about Ryan Bristol. Well, I was, I was actually nodding there in approval because uh, William's obviously done some some of that as well because it was nice to um, nice to see somebody else rhyming off, uh, you know, 11 goals, sorry, 11 appearances for Swansea City, four goals, etc. You know, four goals at uh, under-16 England level, uh, zero goals at under-21 England level where he's got six under-21 caps. Uh, he's yet to make a full England appearance, obviously. Highly rated uh, at Liverpool. Big things expected. Uh, I think there's probably just a wee bit more physical development there, uh, as well as some of the some of the comments that seems to be around about that. But he certainly got the the talent uh, in there. Uh, you know, unlike a lot of players, they just need to physically you know develop what the EPL is like. They are real athletes and, and real professionals. I sometimes think when I look at players in Scotland that like, how are you an athlete? I'm, I'm still not entirely convinced that, uh, that that's maybe I should stop looking in the middle. Um, but yeah, he's, he's got a lot of talent. There is a lot there looking at him. And, you know, he's he's tipped to continue on England under-21 level before he, you know, he's nowhere near England first team or anything like that at the moment. But, yeah, beyond that, I mean, happy to tell you whatever you want to know. But <laughs> I, I just, I don't particularly see this one happening. The only other thing I think would be, I seem to recall, and I can't remember the length of it, but I think he signed a new contract with Liverpool in 2018. Uh, and I think it was quite a lengthy one. So I think he's got something maybe like another four years or something like that left on his contract. But I, I'm not entirely convinced that I see this one happening. I think this one might be a bit more spurious than, than you something like Try and loan him to the Premier League, like now somewhat like Solanke. Uh, I, I don't think he's Premier League ready. Mm. I think he's probably another Championship uh, season in him. To be to be honest with you, uh, I don't know if he's. If he's ready for that step up, where he's not going to be a, a starter, I think if you go to a championship team, you get every chance. Might be a good fit for, I don't know, maybe even a uh, a Leeds or something like that. Because I, I sense that we're going off topic here. That Leeds have to replace Patrick Bamford ASAP, um, because Leeds would be a right top outfit without him. Uh, so yeah, maybe in there or something. But I don't think he's Premier Premier EPL level. Maybe bottom three four clubs. But nothing beyond that. Happy to take challenge on that, but that'd be my take. Right, gents, strap yourselves in. Are you ready for this? Fire away. 386 games, 142 goals, 53 assists. Last season, this season, whatever it is, 22 games, 11 goals. That's research and that's Lyle Taylor. Scott, is it going to happen? I would, I would take Lyle Taylor in a heartbeat. It'd be a fantastic signing I think so he's, I, I'm sure he's 30 years old now so I think for the outside looking in looking at that you think oh you're, you're getting a guy that's the kind of um, the arse end of his prime um, he scored barrel loads of goals the last couple of years I've just, I've just told you but what, no, but what I'm going to say is he's doing it in a <laughs> league I've just done research Scott he's, he's doing it in a league that's so much better than, than what we've got up here so he's been throwing he's been busting the net down there in a league that's so much better than the SPL so much better than the SPL doing it consistently um, he's, I'm sure he's, play, he's played up here before so he knows the kind of setup in Scottish football he's been with Falkirk and he, he spent a period of time at Partick Thistle as well Obviously, in his early career, but I think as his career's matured, he's became he's became a, a, a better striker, a better forward. Um, he's he's probably matured a little bit as well. I think he'd be a fantastic player to have at the football club. I genuinely do. If they can get him over the line, then we've won a watch with Lyle Taylor. Right, 
Tommy, I believe it's a race between us and Celtic for Lyle Taylor, if the rumours are to be believed. Yeah, you probably add in, I think the some of the mainstream media were reporting Galatasaray uh, in Turkey were also, were also having a look at them. Uh, and if you listen really, really closely, you can just hear Lee Boyer's heartbreaking some, <laughs> somewhere. Um, well, it's also nice, before I get into the Lyle Taylor thing, it's nice to see that my... Uh, my love of deep research has rubbed off on everybody. I am delighted to yep. start seeing and hearing that. Uh, I'll make status of you all by the end of this podcast run. Um, and uh, to, the, to the listeners, you're welcome. It's absolutely great to your child. Um, but, but yeah, he's, he's, got a, he's got a good goal-scoring record as everybody's touched on. Uh, actually, I like the fact he's all doing research, research less because that gives me less to say. Right? <laughs> I don't seem as knowledgeable as I used to. But, uh, yeah, he's got a really good goal-scoring record, good assist record. Uh, he's not too old. He's in that 30. I think his contract actually runs out on the 30th of June. So it'll be interesting to see if there's an immediate announcement. But I, I just have a wee concern in the background about, and amongst all those goals and all that good stuff, there's always just been a wee bit of overt gun for hire. I don't really give a monkeys. It's all about Lyle Taylor about him. And I just, that makes me feel a wee bit uneasy. So even when a player is coming to you, right, the only player that I've ever felt it was okay with, uh, actually, uh, but in a wider sense, when players are, even want to come to Rangers and they start refusing to play or they start causing a bit of ruckus at their club, that puts me right off them. I don't want that guy doing that to us as well. The only guy that I've ever felt okay with it, because it went through the actual tribunal and he was being badly treated, was Stefan Kloss, who sat in the reserves for almost a year. Uh, Borussia Dortmund to get that um, uh, tribunal move out of them because he, he was coming to Rangers. But I, I, I'm not convinced with the line. As a player, oh, I can see it. As a person and all the noise around him, I, I've got a wee bit of uh, misgivings about it, in all honesty. That's maybe just me. Well, I'll, I'll, well I'll, I'll take that question to you, actually. Um, and there's been a, I've seen a few people on, on Twitter and Facebook and, and Instagram, because I love Instagram. Um, having this argument that he's, he's refusing to play for Charlton when the league starts back up. He, he's, he's hit a hissy fit because he wants his move. But if you look at it, he's coming to the end of his contract. There's six weeks to go. If he gets a really bad injury, he's not going to get that final move and he's going to miss out on that money. So, in, in one hand, I totally get it with Tommy saying, of course, you want your players to be loyal and you want them to give you everything. But if you look at it for a, a, a business sense, is he right in what he's doing? Uh, I think so to an extent he's looking after himself uh, at the end of the day the, the clubs will just ditch you in a heartbeat as well if you're only doing, doing as well as he he was at Charlton if he wasn't firing in all cylinders they wouldn't think twice about you know Lyle Taylor um, so so that doesn't really bother bother myself to be honest and like Tommy was touching on some things I, I kind of like the arrogance uh, if that's the right word to kind of use for him like you know I think he's kind of bit Billy Big Time it's something we've missed for a, for a wee while um, I don't know. Obviously, it might not, not go too well down in the changing room, depending on what the other guys are like. But mm. I kind of I like that about certain players. You know, I think they need it to, to kind of get to a certain level. Can I just just put one thing I'd add to that? Right, I get final I get, final word, Tommy, because we're going to finish. Okay, I should actually say my second final word then, because my brother-in-law mentioned this to me just the other day. Right. He was wondering why you kept mentioning our own podcasts. We're just about to finish. It's almost like we're running out of time. It's, it's because we like to keep them at a certain length. 
so that, that comment is just for him, right? Because I know he will listen to this. That's why Martin keeps going on about it. Um, what I was talking about Lyle Taylor there, though, is just play that back a different way, William. I get your point, right? But let's say Lyle Taylor's at Rangers, halfway through a season or whatever, right? Coming up towards uh, the winter transfer window. And let's say a bigger club, right? I'll do the air quotes, right? That I usually have a gold squad about. A bigger club, uh, a richer club comes in for him. And he says, well, I'm not going to play. I might, not get, I might get an injury. And it's coming up to the transfer window and I've got a big move. I need to feed my family. How would you feel at that point? Obviously, you'd feel awful let down, you know, but um, I don't know. I, I, to, personally, I can't see it. I think this is maybe his last kind of big payday, unless obviously the club's in like China or the Middle East are wanting to come in for him, but I don't see him going anywhere, really, any, anywhere else. That's probably why I was saying that more. But it's I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Really? No, that's that's up to the club to not let the contract run down as low as that. In my opinion, if the club if the club allows your contract, if you refuse to sign a contract, normally you would eighteen months before it is due to run out, you would try and renegotiate. If a player then doesn't want to renegotiate, then you sell the player. If you allow the contract to run down to zero, then you get what you get. It's another part. In, it's another part in the thread of football players sometimes being treated like different humans when it comes yes. to employment. He yes. is paid to do a job and his employer is asking him to do that job. If you go to your work and say, no doing it because I've got a chance at another job, you're going to get hooked out. Football players are human beings too. And, you know, putting the COVID pandemic concerns for safety once side because that's all legitimate. But ultimately, see all this down tools in the back page and another club come and get me. Do your bloody job. That's what you're paid for, Right. You're an employee. Just because you kick a wee ball about doesn't mean anything special. Get in there and do your job or we'll withhold your wages. Clubs need to get back to that ASAP, right? You don't turn up and do your job. You clean the boots, right? Scrub the toilets and go and kick the ball about because that's what you're trained to do and that's what you're paid to do. Um, yeah, do your, do your job. I'm just going to go back. If it wasn't for the COVID pandemic and he refused to play, then he would be getting fined and he wouldn't get his wages. But, gents, we yeah. have to finish. We have to finish. Okay. Why are we finishing, Martin? Because I want to get him. <laughs> <laughs> I should point out that was a joke. I'm in my own house. Um, gentlemen, <laughs> gentlemen, thank you very much um, for joining me this week. Uh, Scott, Wally, Tommy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Well done, guys. Uh, thanks, thanks, guys. Thank you for everybody who was listening and watching, and we shall speak to you next week. Yeah. <laughs>